Grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I was driving into Dallas yesterday, um, twice for strange reasons. Um, And of course, when you're diving into Dallas and there's traffic because there are a whole bunch of Christmas things going on in Dallas and everybody wants to get there, you have plenty of time to look at the billboards that are there for you to see as you drive. And I saw one twice, and I've seen it before, that is a local pastor who has a big enough church to have a budget to have a billboard advertisement, which I don't think Good Shepherd's ever going to do, but, you know, we can always dream. And it is about his uh, upcoming or current sermon series titled, Are We Living in the End Times? Now, I don't know this pastor. I don't know for sure what his answer to that is. And you could pretty, good, pretty theologically make an argument for yes or no, depending on how you define the end times. And I don't know if this pastor celebrates Advent, but are we living in the end times is really the question we always begin this season with. When we begin Advent, when we decorate our church, when we decorate our houses, I put up a Christmas tree yesterday, a lot of us are thinking about Christmas. We're thinking about the baby in the manger. We listen to beautiful music about Jesus coming to us as a child. And that's really important. I promise I'm going to talk a lot more about it in a few weeks. But when the church begins the season of Advent, when the church begins to start its new year, it doesn't start with stories about Mary's pregnancy or Elizabeth and John the Baptist. It doesn't start with a baby in a manger. It starts with the end of the world, kind of. It starts with these stories of the coming of Jesus, not... Jesus as he was born in a manger, but the second coming of the Christ that we look forward to. It starts with stories that honestly could be scary. If you just read them out of context, it starts with stories about the sun being blotted out, the stars falling down from heaven, all the powers in heaven shaking. Stories about the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Those of you who came to our Revelation Bible study know there is a lot of imagery there of this overwhelming presence of Christ, overwhelming everything. There are stories in Revelation of stars being thrown to the earth, hurled to the earth. There are stories of God's overwhelming power. As a kid, especially, I really didn't like this start to Advent. I really didn't like these stories. As a kid, I was always afraid of thunderstorms. And I grew up here where there are always thunderstorms in the spring. I even one time wanted to grow up to be a meteorologist just so I could know when the storms were coming. (laughs) first, so I could get ready. It would be a terrible job for me because I'd have to work during the storms. 
So I would read these stories about Jesus and I wouldn't like them. I didn't want to see Jesus coming in great power and glory with clouds, with things falling down from the sky. In Isaiah, we read the prophet ask God to come down so the mountains would quake, fire would cause water to boil, so everyone would tremble at God's presence. These stories can be scary. And unfortunately, Christians throughout history have read these stories and used these stories and looked to Jesus' coming with much more fear than hope, with much more fear than anticipation. And even if they're not afraid for themselves, they'll use these stories to try to make others afraid. I see it with Christians talking to one another and disagreeing on the internet, even now. I'm sure you can think of sermons about fire and brimstone and the promise that Jesus is coming and you may not like the result. You may not like what happens. God is going to come back and judge you for all of your sins. Beautiful Christian art has been drawn that shows Jesus judging the people and there are those who are going up to heaven and they're happy and they're joyous and there are those who are going to hell and they are being tortured and their faces are just covered in pain. And people would see these paintings, they would hear these stories and they would be afraid. So this season of Advent, I want to begin by asking, how are we waiting for God? Are we waiting for God with fear? That God will come back, throw everything into chaos, and we will be out of luck? More likely, I think, certainly what I'm more drawn to is waiting for God by not thinking about it too much. Oh, that's going to happen a long time from now. I don't need to worry. God will show up, sure, but far away from me and my circumstances. Or are we waiting for God with hope, with anticipation, with joy? Jesus tells us nobody knows the day or the hour That's why he calls us to keep watch, be alert. In this season of Advent, we renew our our thoughts about the coming of Jesus. We renew our wakefulness. But I am not here to tell you that you should be afraid, that Jesus will come back and you won't be prepared, that Jesus will come back and unless you've come to communion or confess your sins just at the right time, you're going to be out of luck. That Jesus is coming back specifically to judge you and you're not going to come out of it well. Our scriptures today, they carry a lot of this story of the coming of Christ and the intensity of it and the, the bigness and bombasticness of it, but they also carry words of hope. 
In Isaiah, he says, you, O Lord, are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. In Corinthians, Paul reminds us that our Lord Jesus Christ will strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ because God is faithful. And even Jesus in his words, he says, keep awake. Not keep awake so that you don't get punished when God comes back, but keep alert, I promise. I am coming to you. If we are the clay to God's potter, if we are the ones who are being made strong, who, are, who God is being faithful to, well, suddenly the coming of Jesus is less scary and less focused on our ability to shape up and be just right for God. I've never thrown a clay pot myself, but I've watched people do it, and the clay is not doing the work. Sure, we try to be faithful, and we know we will fail, but God is faithful to us. God will not fail in that faithfulness. So even when we falter, even when we sin, even when we step away, God remains there for us. God remains with us. I'd much rather rely on God's faithfulness than my own. So as we look forward to the coming of Christ, we don't need to look with fear We don't need to try to ignore it and hope it won't happen anywhere near us. But instead, we look to Christ with hope. We don't know when this will happen. And just like pastors who are preaching about the end times might say, it could be now, or tomorrow, or next week. I don't know. But God is molding us now. God is faithful to us now. God is keeping us strong in our faith. We are not going to be alone when Jesus comes back. We are not alone even now. We look forward to Jesus' coming with hope because that is when all will be made new. That's when we will be in the presence of the one who loves us. We don't have to worry so much about shaping up because God shapes us. We don't have to worry so much about being strong because God strengthens us. So in this season, I do ask you to be alert, keep watch, because God will come in a big and wonderful way, but also God shows up in our lives now. Keep awake and you will see God. Keep awake and you will see God's kingdom, God's renewal in this world. Because God is for us. God is shaping us and strengthening us so that we can be the work of God's hands in the world today. Amen.